Aloha Warriors, Joshua Loya, your friendly neighborhood Jedi. And of course, yes, I have to do that. I have this weird compulsion to do that every single time and watch the next time I won't do it. Two things before we get into this episode. One, I absolutely loved talking to Tiffany. She is an amazing fighter, an amazing person. She's got some rad energy. She's a, a solid poet, too. I, I really enjoy her poetry. And I enjoyed this conversation. We had some technical difficulties along this way and, and the recording setup that we used. And there's a, there's a couple stomps on each other's words, but I still think that this is a worthwhile conversation to have had and for you to listen to, which is why we're putting it out. And so uh, please listen to my conversation and enjoy, uh, whether you're on a treadmill or whether you're laying back, uh, sipping on a, a nice wine that isn't Chardonnay. I don't like Chardonnay, but you might. In any case, <laughs> the more important uh, piece for this today, for this drop-in, is that today, assuming this episode is released on November 24th, today is the birthday of my lovely and deadly bride, Andrea Loya. Without her support, I couldn't do half of the stuff that I do. In 2016, I quit my job to pursue adventure living, uh, martial arts and adventure living full-time, and she was 100% on board. And, oh my gosh, you guys when I, uh, I, I, I could not, I, I, <laughs> I thought ahead and I was going to do some really clever thing ahead of this episode, but I really wanted to make sure that I highlighted the most important person in my life. Andrea is an amazing individual and, uh, she's got a killer sidekick, by the way, maybe sometime I'll tell you that story. But in the meantime, um, just please, if you know her, if, uh, you know, if even if you want to just tag on my social media, please feel free. Um, wish her a happy birthday. Andrea Loya is an amazing person, and I'm happy to share my life with her. Now, without further ado, transitioning back to this awesome conversation that I had with Tiffany. Tiffany, time bomb, Van Soest. have Tiffany the Time Bomb Van Soost, and of course I am Joshua Loya, Aloha Warriors, aka Joshua the Jedi. What's up, Tiffany? 2.0, We nobody gets to hear that other recording, but they get to hear <laughs> the, the dopeness of the conversation now, so I'll take that. Definitely. So it's, it's something we've, we've said too, like the episodes that end up being the best are the ones we've had the most difficulty with in terms of recording or scheduling, or we like, we literally had um, Beverly who's actually, you know, who you've trained with Beverly Pratka. And if you've taught, um, you know, at least I think on one seminar you taught or something like that, uh, we completely, the, the, there was such a weird delay with the tool we were using at the time that we couldn't use any of that audio. Like I, we've only had to do it maybe a couple of times, but it's, it's the worst when you have like this cool conversation and then, you know, but it ended up being a, a pretty dope opus episode. So we'll see how this one goes too. I'm pretty sure it'll be awesome. Fingers crossed. But yeah. sometimes it's like that, you know, like maybe the, that conversation was only meant for us, you know, ah, hey, like, that's a, true, <laughs> too true on that. Because just uh, because, just because, the rest of the world has, hasn't had to, or hasn't gotten to listen to it doesn't mean yeah. that it didn't happen and didn't exist. And I was definitely, um, I definitely felt some kind of way about it. I felt like yeah. it was very insightful and, and, well, and it was the first time you and I had, cause we recorded that one live and it, and it was like the first time we had seen each other like in person before, like, you know, when the, the last time yeah. we saw each other, the world was kind of normal. So yeah. <laughs> So it was like a nice little reunion too. Yeah, a little bit. And it's weird. I feel like I'm like connected to everybody in the Wednesday Muay class because here I'm talking to you, uh, Jason. <laughs> uh, his episode was just released two days ago as of this recording. So um, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. I, I We had a cool little like, like uh, hodgepodge family. It was cool. We had obviously you like pro fighter and we had people who had, had done some amateur fighting and and then we had like basically like suburban moms like coming in and just yeah, wanting to get their sweat was, on it was yeah. the coolest mix it was the coolest mix of people from different walks of life and abilities and i mean everybody just showed up 
religiously with a good attitude and you know everybody cared for each other and had a good time and worked hard and you know like it was just a solid I loved Wednesday mornings. I was like stoked to wake up on Wednesdays, drink my coffee on my way to the gym, check the surf, and then go hang out with you guys. You know, it didn't feel like, oh, I'm driving to teach a class right now. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out with my friends and show them some cool moves. <laughs> and when, when you got your title back, of course, we were all like, you brought in your belt and we were all like totally cheering you on and stuff. And, <laughs> and that, was, that, was, that was cool to have you. It, like, and it was so organic too. Like, it isn't like, um, hey, look, everybody, I'm hot shit. I won world title again. And, you know, no, you were, it was like, you were happy to celebrate the the positive nature of that with your friends. And that was, yeah, it, it, man, was, it, it was, was, it was like, oh, I'm bringing it back to my people here. This is for <laughs> you guys. You know, like, look at, I did it. <laughs> That's a dope looking belt. Like I literally, I had never held one, uh, you know, and when I could see, I never didn't know any fighters or anybody so that was the first like championship belt I'd ever actually held or interacted with up close. It was kind of a trip for me. Yeah, that the Glory Women's belt is uh, comically uh, oversized. Does it <laughs> look like 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 they uh, they contracted it out from the people who made Glow? You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe it look. I mean, when a heavyweight wears the belt, it's it looks like but it, normal. But like when yeah, the women it's got to be funny wear, when like when the bantamweights are wearing it. You like you, you guys like. I kind of like how big it is just because it makes it that much more ridiculous and funny. For and sure. like, Hey, you know, I like, love the excess though. Like honestly, yeah, like, I'm a big so. sucker for like oh, over the dangling. top, like eighties heavy metal stuff. Like oh, I could, dude, I could go down a rabbit trail. Yeah. I could go down a <laughs> rabbit trail watching documentaries on, on like, like people react like the satanic panic on iron maiden and all that kind of stuff in the eighties. I love that <laughs> stuff. So um but yeah that was that was that was cool and and of course you you'll never forget and i will still never forget even though i i had to uh enjoy it through all of your descriptions but matt when he came in wearing the cobra kai uniform that one day oh my god that was the, the raddest thing ever it was just it wasn't even halloween <laughs> or anything it was just a random normal i think it was day. when the show first came out or yeah I yeah think, yeah and he just showed up <laughs> like wearing a full-on Cobra Kai getup, and I was just like, I, I just had to laugh. I was like, "All right, <laughs> uh, like, that's and, how you're gonna train today. All right, cool. All right, everybody start running laps." <laughs> although I, I will tell you though, the, the the other and and obviously we'll we'll talk about all kinds of stuff, but just thinking about that specific class, the other thing I'll remember is uh, never to accidentally let it slip that it's your birthday at a Muay Thai class. No, you get birthday leg kicks. <laughs> I do. And I, I, what was great is um, everybody else was pretty reasonable. All that Jeff gave me a nice solid one. Uh, oh, I'm sure and, did. and then, and you're like, I'm gonna be light. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that for literally like two days later, I was like, all right, well, how you know, you freaking oh, ask for just, it. That's just the extra birthday love. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But it, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't like I was damaged. Like I was still able to surf and do stuff, but I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You but know, like every time you felt it, you thought of me wishing you a happy birthday. That's all it is. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, no, it was all love for sure. For sure. It's like, it's like opening a birthday card and then opening it again. And then opening it again, <laughs> you know, every time it hurts. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, I think anybody who is a martial artist, whether it's, it's a hobby for you, whether it's your profession or somewhere in between or whatever your therapy, like it oftentimes is for me. Um, like if people who volunteer to be punched in the face or to be choked or whatever, there, there is a different um, way of it. And I I, th I can't, there's only been a handful of people I've had on the show that haven't had some sort of significant training or something, but I, I, I don't think we're normal and that's okay. Um, and my favorite what is quote normal on, anyway, well, what was who so cares? cool, you, you, know who, you know who David Goggins is, right? Like crazy yes. ultra marathon runner. He, he, yeah. uh, he posted this thing cause people were giving him shit. Cause he's like, David, you're, you're, you're deforming your body and all you do this stuff. And he's like, you know what? Um, what did he say? Uh, I, I'm not crazy. I'm just not you. 
And yeah. like it's the, this is the dopest attitude, you know, and I'm not yeah. going to like try to put myself in the same categories, which you go through pre- to prepare for a fight. It's a different journey, but I, I think we both appreciate the value of chosen adversity. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, we have to be grateful for it because at the end of the day, it's our greatest teacher. Yeah. Better to do it of something you choose than something you didn't though. This way I see it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I have to do something difficult. I'm at least going to choose something that I like. <laughs> right. Well, and have you seen like going philosophical? Cause I like to do that. Um, so, I mean, because you've been training, you've done, you know, you start out with actually you, you fit, you realized as we were talking last time that you started Kung Fu before you ever did uh karate, but you've been done doing martial arts for almost your entire life. And um, have you noticed any kind of parallel to like just dealing with life that you, you kind of pull from whether it's your time like competing or just training in general? I'm just curious about that because it, it's oh, made man. a difference for me. Fighting uh, it mirrors life in so many ways. I mean, you can make a metaphor, fighting metaphor out of pretty much anything. <laughs> For sure. You know, like, I mean, you think of the most cliche one, oh, when life has your back up, has your back up against the ropes, you know, like, but they, I suppose things become cliche uh, because they're true. Doesn't mean they're not true. To them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but I mean, yeah, fighting parallels life in so many ways, you know, in the form of overcoming physical adversity um and more than anything else the mental you know the mental adversity the the emotional stuff that goes on you know like training for a fight you know with you're in camp and and your end goal is the fight and even beyond that obviously the goal is to win the fight and in a picture perfect world you go through training camp uninjured um you go through training right, camp perfect, with, right. yeah, with your weight <laughs> cut. Your weight cut goes very smoothly. You know, you, you barely have to cut any weight or it just goes really smoothly. You know, uh, there's no outside life problems. Life doesn't disturb you. You know, there's no, none of life's little disturbances are knocking on your door to come and visit you. You know, like, not. <laughs> you know your car doesn't break down or, you know, your bills, your, your, uh, you run out of money or your water gets shut off or something, or there's drama, you're a breakup or a, you know, a death in the family, something, you know, like in a picture perfect world, like you get through an entire training camp with nothing, like no outside distractions, your emotion physically, you don't get injured emotionally. You're not distracted. You're good. You go into the fight and you win, right? That is, (laughs) <laughs> is that boring? Like, is that ideal? I mean, that is that is that, that might be kind of boring. But on the end or other end of the spectrum, you know, fighting. You know, I'll, I'll circle it back to the point. It parallels right. life because in a training camp, you do get bumps and bruises and injuries, and shit does happen outside of training world. You know, outside of camp life. You know, your car does break down. You know, you are. You do get broke and people do die and things, you know, you got to deal with shit and you still have that goal and you still want to win, you know, and at that point it's like, okay, who am I and how do I problem solve? How do I manage myself and how do I, you know, do everything that I need to do and still reach my goal? And that is, is how you develop your character. You know, it's, it's how you exercise your, your discipline muscles, you know, it's where you're, yeah. where you're tested. You know, we don't, we don't pass the test every time, but we, we learn every time. And if you don't learn, you're going to keep failing until you do, you know, and it's the same as life very much. So, so yeah, fighting, I mean, that's just in a training camp scenario You talk about like being actually in the <laughs> room, getting hit and having to, right. you know, yeah, it just goes on fighting fighting parallels life in so many ways. Like you, uh, or like me, you have the taking it from the deep and philosophical. And I, I hate that because I'd love to just sit here for like a minute and then, you know, then be like, why did you, why did I download a blank file? Um, <laughs> but like, like, like me, you, uh, you have chosen the correct Ninja Turtle for inspiration. Yeah. 
Michelangelo does. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but like, it was, I was, um, I was thinking about that though, cause you were talking about fighting and then I was just thinking about some of the fights that Andrea and I have, uh, like checked out on fight pass. And by the way, you can go on fight pass right now. If any of you guys have USC fight pass, you can actually watch Tiffany fight. Uh, I'm sure people put up, uh, older fights on YouTube, but you know, maybe show her the love they'll, they'll kind of check her metrics and kind of see that you like watching her fight, but you can go check her out. Um, but I was thinking about your fights and, uh, I don't remember what fight it was, but as you were, you had just won, uh, whatever the fight it was. And, somebody had like a big like drawing or painting or something, or maybe it was on your way. You're walking into the ring. I can't remember which, but mm. somebody was holding like a big picture. They had drawn of oh, a Ninja Turtle and you were I like remember. totally stoked on it. You were like all like excited that they were showing the yeah. love, you know? So there was uh that fight was in Chicago. And yeah. Okay. I don't hotel, remember which fight it was. It was I just, they kind of blur together yeah. for me at the, the hotel next to us or the convention center that connected to the hotel. There was like, some type of it wasn't comic con some sort of like popular arts convention some, some sort of like of convention yeah. Yeah. yeah and there was this uh this cartoonist i think he was i forgot he was he was uh jim henson's uh cartoonist or something or he oh. worked for jim henson Whoa. the muppets cr- wow wow crazy yeah and so he was at this convention and drawing you know doing his thing and um I saw him, I met him in the, in the lobby the night before the fight, um, after the weigh-ins, after I, um, rehydrated and ate and stuff, I was just chilling and, uh, he had drawn me this Ninja Turtle thing and I got know. one of the producers from Glory had, had talked to him also and they got him tickets to the, to the fight. That's cool. Real cool. Yeah, so he ended up drawing that thing for. Was me. he previously yeah. a fight fan, but for that or? No, no, he was just there, you know, for the um, the convention doing his yeah. thing, and the fights were the same. It's like same oh, cool. Yeah, I'll go check it out. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, but you, what was your thought? Like you're you're looking over and you see him with the with the painting. Did you know he was going to draw that for you? Oh, uh, I had no idea. It was I was stoked because, <laughs> like, when I met him, he had just you know like those little uh, the bar menus, but they come in like a little leather bound thing. Oh, okay, I got you. They're like yeah, tall yeah. and skinny, right? Yeah. He had drawn a caricature of me on the one that was in the uh, oh, where awesome. we were at the at the lounge in the hotel after my weigh-ins. Yeah. Uh, I always have one Heineken. It was like my. Uh, or after like my rehydration, after I eat. Right. Once it's safe for you to kind of, you're not going to deplete yourself or whatever. Yeah. Like just one Heineken. So I sleep really well the night of the fight. You know, of course, you know, (laughs) and my, and my tradition for, I think, gosh, almost like it's gotta be like six, six or seven years now before every single fight, I take a picture of my, the Heineken, you know, not before the fight, the night before the fight. Right. Send it, send it to Boss Rutten and say Proust, and he would wish me luck <laughs> on my fight. And it was like it's been, it's been tradition for probably like six, yeah, six or seven years now. That's Every so fight. cool. That's so yeah. cool. So it was, uh, yeah, it was like my post weigh-in rehydration. I've eaten already. I'm ready for bed. I'm gonna go hang out. I'm gonna have some sweet potato fries to carb load. Hell yeah. And one Heineken. And that was my superstition, like my pre-fight ritual. <laughs> hey, if so it gets long. you in the right frame of mind, you know, for sure. And I don't do that anymore, though. I finally, oh, okay. I finally was like, mm, all right, Heineken, maybe we don't need each other anymore <laughs> before the fight. And maybe a post-fight celebration or something instead. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Or maybe like yeah. a glass of red wine. I don't know. It was more of a superstition thing than okay. anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um it's funny, like I uh I cannot if I you know, for any of my like surf competitions, I can't drink the day before. If I drink the day before my equilibrium's off, I don't have any balance. I like, you know, more power to you if you can't, even one with Well, you're in the potential. water and you're moving. But here's the thing. It was right. also kind of a mental thing I would do because I know that my opponent's coach 
they would everybody like from the fight is always hanging out in the hotel like in the bar oh right so they're like oh thinking like oh she's not taking it seriously or she's like she's so badass she can have a beer the night before and she can still fuck me up exactly so i was also a little bit of a mental warfare because people you know people talk and i know people talk oh dude People talk shit in surf contests. I can only imagine in the fight game. It's probably so so much worse. So everybody from the fight, from the production team, from the the fight camps, like everybody is, most of the fighters are already upstairs in bed, you know, but people are looking around like, oh, did you see last night? Tiffany was at the bar drinking a beer, you know? Like, oh, she has to fight tomorrow. You know what goes, what must go (laughs) around. Yeah, it creates a buzz, right? So people, there's like that uncertainty. Um, (laughs) that was not intentional i can't take credit for it (laughs) no pun intended but um yeah so that or if i would see my opponent's coach or my opponent and they you know just just to be just a little little mind game you know for sure but also because i just really enjoyed it (laughs) like going going like you know an entire training camp and then a weight cut and everything a nice cold beer is just Oh, so refreshing. Oh, fully. Yeah. Fully. No, I mean, no, no shame in it. I think if, and the thing is too, you know, your yourself, you know, if it's going to mess you up, you know, if it's going to kind of get you into the right frame of mind, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be a lot more holistic when people are going into something as tense as somebody potentially knocking you out. Like you, you're, you're thinking on well, maybe, multiple levels, be, you know, Yeah, but it could also have the placebo effect, right? I could just tell myself it's my, it's my secret. It's my, it's the one I have to have it. If I don't have it, I'm going to lose the fight. Like it's, it really, it relaxes me and I need it. And it's what makes me Mm -hmm. win the fight. Right. And then I could drink that and believe that and then not drink it the next fight. And it's just mental. Yeah. You know, reality, like it's not that bad. I've, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't condone it because I've done it. And for me personally, it was okay. Yeah. You know, and do I do it anymore? No. Could I? Probably. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to hit on you if you decide uh-huh. to go back to it again. I mean, it's not like you were like, oh, I'm going to chug down a whole fifth of vodka before I fight. You know, I mean, that, you know, yeah. there's a very significant difference between one beer and being excessively intoxicated the night before you compete. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, you know, more than anything, I just really kind of like that, that, that mental game, you know, because I'm not a big trash talker. You know, I, I like to let my yeah. fighting speak for itself but i do kind of you know i i let myself be the symbolism and do my talking right so you know i'm gonna yeah i really am that confident that i train that hard that i can have a beer the night before my opponent's gonna see that and be like oh man you know and that's just a symbolism like a a premonition or a preview of What's going to happen? Like how chill it's going to be when I'm beating the crap out of you tomorrow in the ring or whatever, yeah. you know? Or, or how relaxed and how ready I am to just go and do right. the thing tomorrow, right. you know? I'm sending a message with, with what I do. I'm sending a message with, with like what I wear. And, you know, but most people just don't pick up on these, on these subtleties, you know? Like you got to really, really know. And, and I just try to let, you know, for what I don't express with my words, I try to just express with my being. Well, and you express it with your words too, though. Like, you know, that's the thing is like, if you wanted to get into the trash talking game, but, no, you know, you've I'm written so some, bad at trash. No, talking. Like, well, here's the thing though. Like you've written some dope poetry. Like I, I've like all of the poems of yours that I've, I've uh, had the privilege. You actually, uh, you know, like, I think you read me one, one time. And then of course you posted a few to like your Instagram and, and YouTube and stuff. And uh, you, I, cause I haven't read your book yet. I know I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I figure that out. Um, <laughs> But you're, I mean, you got some poetry skills. Like it might, I think you could probably, you could probably, you know, kind of channel Muhammad Ali a little bit if you practiced, you know, kind of figure it out. Cause you're, you're so naturally a positive person when you're speaking. So you'd have mm-hmm. to, you know, it's not the poetry you'd have to practice. It's the, the being mean that you'd have to practice maybe. It would be, it'd be memorizing my own, <laughs> own poems, <laughs> and then being on the spot, and then having to recite them, like in, like you said, in a oh, like like in a, like in a way in, or like you do like a way in, or you kind of talk craft from yeah. across the, yeah, yeah. See, like I could think of something really mean and witty to say, like, 
five you'll minutes just post or ten it on minutes in, later. Instagram a little bit <laughs> later. If you're gonna do it, you like, start talking crap on Instagram, but not because you can kind of form your thoughts instead yeah, of Yeah, if it's if it's on the spot and you're in my face, I'm gonna say something so lame or get tongue tied or not. That's when I wanna be able to actually just physically express myself. But then like I'll walk away from it and be like <sighs> and then calm down and then it'll come to me and I'll be like, Oh Yeah, that would have been a better <laughs> like <laughs> And I, I've like, I've, cause I've only been in the, the standup game for like a couple of years now. Like, it's funny. I've had people on the oh, show. That's didn't even, so difficult. It, it is, it, but it's funny. Like I clearly haven't been doing it long enough. Cause like, uh, uh, you know, I'm not super close friends with them, but he's a good dude. Uh, I was on a couple uh, episodes ago and he's like, I didn't know you did standup comedy. I'm like crap, apparently I'm not doing a good job with that. So I gotta, you know, as I can, things start opening up for me to perform all yeah. that to say is I love speaking I like kind of messing with the the fullness of whether it's um, whether I'm speaking hyperbolically or whether I'm just, you know, like talking a little bit of shit or actually being serious or I like kind of weaving through that. And hopefully it's obvious when I'm doing which, um, but I've, I've stuck my foot in it, you know, like yeah. um, no, you're doing it and it's hard because it's like <laughs> you're going up on stage and people are expecting you to make them laugh so like yeah, they're like added pressure you know hey oh, he'll make make me laugh make make this this you know two minimum drinks that i've paid for worth it <laughs> yeah exactly i think where whereas like with with poetry it's like i get to get up there and i'm gonna read you a poem about my feelings or whatever and you have to listen to it and you can like it or not and when i'm you done can laugh, I you can stage. cry you can yeah. be weirded out and that's yeah. all perfectly fine whatever there's, there's it's no not an intended reaction right yeah, there's no expectation. But with, with comedy, it's like, you know, the point is to make them laugh. And so that's, man, like, yeah, respect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I, I kind of wonder how good I'm going to do. The closest thing to any kind of comedy that is just the, the conversations we've had on the show so far. Because, um, you know, it's, like, I, I, and I'll, you know, I've been public. I haven't, it's not, you know, I've done some jujitsu and stuff. And, and done training with people uh, since the pandemics, all that kind of stuff. But I'm really calculated with the choices I make. Like I'm not hanging out in bars and closed areas and stuff. And like the, like the, the, the situations I'm putting myself in where I'm potentially more at risk for any kind of infection is I, they're calculated and they're minimal, you know, like they're, they might be severe because you, you can't social distance jujitsu. You just make good choices <laughs> with who you're training with. But like, yeah. um, I, I don't feel quite comfortable in the, in like that open mic situation yet. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm overly stressed, you know, kind of concerned, but you know, kind of don't want to get sick. I got a couple of family members who are, who got it. And one of them's in the ER right now. So it's like, nice. yeah. yeah, I mean, he's going to pull through. I'm sure it'll be fine, but you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not. Then. <laughs> yeah. So. If you're not feeling good about it and you don't, you know, not up for it, then. I think you you're making a choice on the on behalf of your own wellness, but um, your family as well. So, I mean, to each yeah. their own choice and their own decision, and yeah. it's important to look out for each other and be considerate. Yeah, I mean, I, I got no hate. You know, I think as long as you're not like yelling at somebody one way or the other, you know, I think yeah. there's a shortage yeah. of kindness in this world, and I think some sometimes, and especially this this year, and you know. And we don't have to get all political, but we're at least through the actual election part. We'll figure out what happens on the other end. But like, I, I feel like we've been desperately craving for sort of normalcy. And, and so being more intentionally kind, I think, is is going to be requisite for us getting back to like a world we all feel like we want to live in. Yeah, definitely. And the problem with that is like, everybody's in such a state of like panic and survival mode and high anxiety and high alert and so quick to be defensive and selfish. Like nobody's, why should I be kind? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like it's just taking that first step. Like you should be kind because we need it and it's the right thing to do. And it's not going to, it's almost like people don't want to be kind unless it benefits them in some way, you know, but yeah. I think people being kind, which encourages somebody else to do the same and, and that becomes more of the norm again is going to, is that's what's going to change it. But I mean, it's, 
it's so hard. <laughs> it's going to be so hard because <laughs> the world is in such a place and in such a way right now. They have us living in fear, living in panic. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's, you know, um, tense. And you, you actually gave me some pretty dope advice. We were just like kind of talking. I think we'd gotten together for like a, you know, just like a video call, like what's up. And, uh, or it might, I don't know if it was then, but somewhere along the way, you sent me a message and you were saying, and it was early, right? Like it was, I don't even think it had been a month out since everything really shut. Just saying, you know, I was really trying hard to kind of work out and stuff because I couldn't get in the water. And I was just trying to like figure out how do I do this so that I'm ready to go when things come back. Cause I had at the time I thought national USA surfing coming up and, and you know, I, I you actually use these words, but something like it, you were like, be kind to yourself, you know, sleep as much as you need to sleep, eat when you need to sleep, wake up, you know, when you need to wake up, train what you want to, when you want to train and, yeah. you know, like keep doing it, but don't like the, the your whole kind of encouragement to me was don't overstress on it. Cause you're going to kind of wind yourself up. And yeah, I think, exactly. Don't make yourself hate something that you like to do because you're just expecting it to be a, certain not expecting it but like trying to force it to be a certain way like mm -hmm. that doesn't fit the the what's going on right now and you're just going to add more stress to an already stressful yeah. situation so you it's, know, like, it's not like don't you're fight saying fire with fire you know fully and, and you weren't saying like you know do whatever you want for the rest of your life you're like for this yeah. season you know you, yeah. you kind of like for now kind of be a little bit easy for it yeah, let's all chill out a little bit, be a little more gentle, a little more forgiving. Let's see what happens here. Let's maintain some health, but let's not, you know, put any crazy pressure on ourselves. You know, let's just hold ourselves responsible and accountable. But at the same time, you know, be kind, be considerate to yourself because, you know, whether people like to admit it or not, this is some... People are experiencing trauma, you know. Some people oh, are losing sure. family members, they're losing their jobs, their businesses, their finances, you know, and so yeah, this is these are traumatic events and traumatic times. And you know, so again, bringing it back, everybody is intense and on high alert and in fear mode yeah. and panic mode and we just need to relax a little <laughs> bit, you know. Let the warriors be warriors, but for the most part Everybody just needs to relax. And guess what? Not everybody's warriors. So stop being warriors. <laughs> were you were you the only one besides me that would have thought that the uh presidential the debates for the presidential election would have been a whole lot more hilarious if you would have uh each candidate would have been compelled to eat a like a hundred milligram edible or something before they they dropped on and started they had to still I mean, see who it, who who could it, hold their who could handle their shit more. <laughs> and actually hold, make more sense and be more like more coherent that, you know, like have that be a barometer. I don't think they need edibles. It's already like that. <laughs> you got one of them falling asleep and can't remember what he said. We got the other and just spouting off saying nonsense. Yeah. Like it really is like they both already ate some edibles before <laughs> they went out on stage. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, 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 um, you know, I said, that's not get political. We don't have to get political, but I, and, and, you know, just, just kind of thinking though, like we're talking about kind of everybody's wound up and I was thinking about how much I was in my own mind, hundred percent prepared for people to lose their absolute minds, regardless of who won this election. And I was, I was dramatically relieved, but it took me a couple of days to go, oh, wow, the country didn't blow up. You're kind of like bracing for impact, bracing, oh, bracing, and nothing. and then bracing, and then by bracing, by the time nothing. Saturday came around and there was it was, I mean there's still probably gonna be some contentiousness, but it's was more clearly sort of decided or at least pretty well projected, and you know you, I was able to breathe and I was I didn't realize it, but like the quality of sleep I got that Saturday <laughs> night just it was it was on a completely different level. <laughs> and it wasn't yeah. even just about who won, although you know. It was just like just that the the fact that the country didn't blow up into complete civil unrest yeah. and anarchy in the streets and. <laughs> oh, dude! I, I mean, because I live in La Mesa, right? Like we had like back in June. Oh, yeah, we had, when, like when the riots were bad. You oh, dude, it was hit. bad over here because there yeah. was a uh, there's another police brutality thing that um, 
that, uh, I don't know if you know JB, but he had posted it up on Facebook and it was a video of a, like a La Mesa trolley cop, like totally roughing up a guy. And oh, that geez. happened like about a week before all the, the riots. So you oh, had that <laughs> as well as, you know, yeah, all the George Floyd stuff and everything. And like, you know, my, my friend's bank, one of the banks that he, he lives like less than a mile where all of that happened in La Mesa and his bank was totally like burned down. Oh shit. Yeah. So you're like, cool. Well, you know, cause I've never lived in a, I think, I don't think I've ever lived in a community where we've had the whole riots thing. Like I've been in places where we've had protests because Santa, Santa Cruz and Santa Cruz is a weird place where I grew up. And I've been in places <laughs> that have been rough. <laughs> oh, say, I, I tell everybody, and I've said this on other episodes, but it's true. Santa Cruz t- makes Berkeley look like the Bible Belt. It is not like a normal <laughs> town at all. <laughs> like, oh, like I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like, so back in the like 96, I, I told this to Jason, but like, Back in the 90s, just after medical cannabis was was made a thing in California, mm-hmm. and it was in the the federal government was much more likely to enforce things. There was a really bad PR situation where the DEA did a raid on like this sort of not only dispensary but also like kind of medical motel whatever. Like basically, like if you were a cancer patient, you could go chill out and just hang oh, out in okay. one of the rooms. It was a and there was like this publicized bus that was just handled really poorly. And oh. Santa Cruz uh, city council was like, everybody gets free weed and what? straight up and no straight up. You didn't have to have a card or anything. And you basically, they had the, the local police just and, and the sheriff and stuff just standing there making sure nobody got nuts, but doing absolutely zero to oh, stop people crazy. passing out all the, whatever weed that they wanted to have. So like that, so like what yeah, a wonderful so like, world that would be. <laughs> Free weed, but for it's everybody. a very, but clearly not a normal place. Clearly not no, a normal definitely place. Definitely not normal, but everybody would just be chilling. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that would yeah. solve. It might solve a bunch of problems. It might solve a bunch. Everyone just got high and mellowed out for a second, <laughs> thought a little more deeply. <laughs> but I've I've never like I've lived in rough neighborhoods with people, you know. But like I've never. I've never been a place where, where people rioted before. Um, I, I don't know if that's ever, because I know you've lived closer to LA. Um, I guess, you know, I don't know that they've had any real significant ones other than uh, like no, when the Raiders I grew up lost. In, I grew up in Riverside, which is like probably 60 miles It's like, miles like a real sleep, sleepy town kind of, mm, right? Kind of, sort of. It's got a real nice downtown. Um, it's It's a big little town, I think. But not really much going on. A lot of suburbs. Um, yeah, it's a nice place to be from. <laughs> I, I should but, know more about Riverside. My mom was born there, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, she Small moved world. away from there pretty soon after, but that's where she was born for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's an air base there, big Air Force base, um, which is how my mom's family ended up in Riverside. Her dad, my grandpa, was in the Air Force, and was oh, stationed cool. there march march air base yeah so gotcha oh uh, yeah we're just we're just coming off a uh, veterans day yesterday actually oh that's um, right yeah uh when uh so in in riverside i'm just kind of kind of thinking um about or thinking back i guess uh you said that because you know i'm sure people have heard your name you know they they hear uh bruce like scream your name which way i've been told that you know make sure to, to get your nickname in their time bomb <laughs> I, I apparently according to, to jason herzog the you know who's who's trained up at 540 with us and you know he's done uh you know refereeing for both bellator and ufc uh-huh. he uh he said that Bruce buffers that all the time he sounds like that all the time yeah like he t- like he'll talk like that in normal conversation like in <laughs> terms of like <laughs> but i'm sure not at that volume <laughs> I thought it was pretty close. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you did say, I think you said that his voice is like you, there's no mistaking that he's like near you if he's talking though. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, his voice is like symbolic <laughs> with UFC and stuff now. So yeah, I mean, it's like just one of those voices that you hear and you're like, Oh, I know that voice. It's like hearing like Morgan Freeman. You're like, Oh, I know that voice. No, 
<laughs> fully. Uh, with so, but he's always he's really good on on making sure he and emphasizes the time bomb and Tiffany the. I know you've told me like a couple of times, and people probably hear this. Story. How how did the dick? How did the nickname come about? Uh, it came about in a sparring session. Is when, when you're doing I karate, was, right? Uh, I was I was still doing karate, but I was learning Muay Thai at the time. Okay, okay. And so I was I was doing some Muay Thai sparring, and my karate instructor Joey Paliuso, we were sparring, and he hit me in the nose really, really, really hard. <laughs> like, and I was having a rough round. <laughs> And I, when I heard like the, like the last 30 seconds or the last 10 seconds or something, I just went for it. And the round finished and Joey was like, geez, Tiff, you went off like a bomb at the end of the round. You know, you're like a ticking time bomb. Tiffany, the time bomb. Oh, that's your, that's your fight name. And at the time I was just kind of like, no, it's not. That's super lame and cheesy. <laughs> like, please don't call me that. But naturally, if you, it's kind of great. if if you give any type of like indication that you don't like the nickname, then that it sticks. Yeah, it sticks. Yeah, so I embraced it. <laughs> well, and you can't only embrace that. Somebody gives you a nickname, you know, like, like I, I, I at first I felt really sheepish with Josh with a Jedi because I'm like that mm-hmm. sounds like I gave that to myself, like yeah. But but you know, if if somebody gives it to you, you're like, all right, you know. Yeah, and you know, it is it is kind of like symbolic of of my temperament as well like i i have a very long fuse <laughs> but once i'm at the end of my fuse it's it's, it's something big <laughs> i i've been fortunate enough not to be on the receiving end of a uh an extinguished fu- or a uh, lit fuse with you <laughs> oh, hopefully I st- hopefully i stay there yeah you i know. try not to let it ever get to that point but you know like i feel like i'm pretty patient and tolerant and and you know, whatever, enduring and, and this and that. But once I'm done, it is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so you, you spent a bunch of time uh, and you probably, you know, because you've lived to different places, right? Like you probably have to have that in order to just adjust to, you know, for culture shock, you know, you spent you know, a bunch of Indonesia over, you know, in Bali and stuff. And you've, you know, spent time in Europe, obviously here in the States and San Diego and, and all the places you live. Like I'm sure the social attitudes and just what's normal has got to be real different. It probably is a bit of an adjustment process. Like say, if you go back to Bali or something or do you yeah, think that pay just, helps? Just, uh, anywhere you go in the world, you know, people are going to have different cultures and behave differently. So I find it fascinating, you know, just to kind of watch people and, and, you know, interact with them. And, you know, being an American, we just walk around with a sign that's like dumbass automatically. <laughs> so I think we're like, but people find out we're American and it's either like, ooh, money or, ooh. That's why I've, I've gotten good at my Canadian accent. So we'll, we'll yeah. see if I and pull that card when I, you know, start yeah, doing when more you travel abroad. Travel just, again. Yeah, you're just Canadian. Because <laughs> everybody likes Canadians because oh, yeah, they're, super they're nice. all like, or polite. Friendly. I don't. Yeah. I've been told that when Canadians get mean, they're really mean, and this is by Canadians, but that they're really polite up until that point. Like they're <laughs> really like, like they're hey, they're nice about it. Hey man, excuse me. You're gonna need to please stop talking to me that way, or else I'm gonna kick your ass. Thank you. Oh, I'll punch <laughs> you in the face. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the raddest I've actually ever met are Canadian, which trips me out. Like some of them, you know, they live in BC, British Columbia, but, uh, the, the people that trip me out the most are like the guys that are like being towed out behind boats in Newfoundland. That's some cold ass water. Oh, freezing. <laughs> Absolutely freezing. So with all of like the travel and stuff that you've done, you know, Indonesian stuff and, you know, um, what's some of the stuff that's taken you the most, uh, like getting used to, or, um, or something that kind of really surprised you about the various places that you've lived? Learning to drive on the left side of the road was, wasn't challenging, but it, it was just weird for a little while. Okay, I get that. Um, in Bali, uh, riding a motorbike, everything's on the left side. 
So are the traffic laws kind of crazy? Cause like, I know like in, in there a lot are no of the laws, country- I mean, okay. there's laws, but there are no laws. <laughs> right. Right. Now I have a friend from, I mean, I know it's obviously a completely different country, but like I have a, there's like, I, like 10 year olds that ride motorbikes around dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or like giant f- entire families of four and like two chickens and a dog and a giant ladder or something all, all on, on the back motorbike. of a motorcycle. That, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and only the dad is wearing a helmet. And the mom's got a baby in her arms. <laughs> and she's probably got a, like a backpack with another baby inside of that too, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Some of the things I've seen on motorbikes is just like, that's impressive, but God, that's dangerous. <laughs> so um, do you ride here in the States? I don't think, I don't th- no, like, I, no. I literally don't think when I've ever talked about motorcycles, like ever actually. No, motor, motorbike, not motorcycle. <laughs> oh, so we're talking like a moped kind of thing or like, what? Yes. Like a moped, okay. like a scooter. Okay. All right, so you're not you're That's not like, you're not rocking like a most, no 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 no. It's motorbike is my most favorite way. Like it's the best mode of transportation there is. Like because you're not going super fast, but you're still moving and it's little and like at least where I'm riding it, the scenery is just like my favorite thing in the world is like waking up early in the morning and riding my motorbike through the rice fields down to the beach to go surfing, like or riding my motorbike through the rice fields at sunset or along the coconut trees. Like there's just That's something awesome. about riding my motorbike, just riding it around through yeah. like, uh, it's just so it's just happy. It's happy. I love it. I miss it. Well, you probably get a chance to go back at some point. I mean, I don't know, but you, you, you do, uh, what was the surf like over, over there because it's a pretty iconic surf spot especially awesome yeah the surf's great i mean there's there's the big wave season which just passed which just ended now it's in rainy season but i mean the the nice thing about it is you can go like a 15 or 20 minute motorbike ride and and you could be somewhere where it's world-class you know super super challenging conditions or you could go where it's super beginner friendly and anything in between so there's usually so a surf spot for anybody, basically. Yeah, pretty much. That's you know, cool. if it's big on one part of the of the of the island, you just drive to the other part, and you know it's a little bit smaller over there. Um, I, there were a ton of dolphins today, by the way. I, I went out what? and like I was Where'd in. You go? I, uh, well, I went to a a surf spot that is close to, but isn't Terramar. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you, secret, I'll tell you off spot. air. Yeah, I got yeah, it. I don't want to, yeah. Spot, um, but there were it. like, there's like a giant, what was the trippy thing uh, is I had a dream about dolphins. What? Last night. And, and then, then you I'm, saw them. And, well, and then that'd be amazing actually. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but there were like, literally they were like 30 feet, 15 feet from where. Man, where I was it's just so beautiful when you're in the ocean surfing and then the dolphins come by, like the whole, the energy in the water just changes. Like you can just feel them. And yeah. And I don't know if you've had this, this connection. Cause you, you know, I know you're a lifelong surfer. Um, so you, you'll hundred percent get it. Like I had a a moment and I don't know if I just invented this or if there's some sort of weird psychic connection we have with dolphins or whatever, but, um, I got the, the impression like they were purposely all of them hanging out together to protect us surfing from the sharks that would didn't want to come in closer. Like, I don't like, like where we were safe because they were there, like kind of a thing. I don't know if that makes any sense. Totally does. <laughs> then again, I was raised by hippies and punk rockers though. So I'm, <laughs> I'm more prone to some of that, that woo woo stuff every, every hey, once in a while. You know what? Me too. Not raised by hippies and rockers, but I'm, I'm prone to the woo woo stuff as well. I kind of, I, I, I always joke and I'm like, okay, I draw the line at crystals. <laughs> but maybe if you're in the right state of mind you might (laughs) but there's science behind it so (laughs) get your your ionization light yeah maybe i mean i'm I'm leaning towards it but i've that's i've that's always been my joke i'm like i draw maybe draw the line at magnets like you're not walking around with magnets around your wrists or no 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 magnets no crystals but i'm into the moon and the cycles and energies and you know, pretty spiritual on, on the metaphysical, um, esoteric, maybe eccentric, all of it, all of the above. But um, any experiences you've had in that regard that you care to make 
you know, public to whoever listens to this? Uh, man, meditation. If you get yourself, like, I, I really like sound bowls, sound meditation. I want to try that. I haven't done that uh, yet. You would, you would love it. Um, there's a thing on Saturday night I'm thinking about going to, actually, we could talk about it okay. later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like- yeah, it's a sound healing thing. I think, yeah, check it out. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the Tibetan healing bowls and like, I just, that's where I get in my, my brain is I'm not thinking anymore. I'm just feeling and vibrating and mm. just kind of go to a different place. And it's, it's great. It's been really helpful, especially during these times where, you know, people like, like you mentioned and, and myself with restless minds or who need to kind of be a little yeah. more active have been forced to kind of slow down a little bit. It's, it's good practice to, it's training of the mind. You can't train the body, so train the mind and unstrain the mind because a lot of our time our, our minds are strained. So with this meditation, it's creating ease and, and mm. creating happy brain waves and it's easing that tension. So it's, it's destraining it. Train like it and, and destrain it. There you go. Or uh, unstrain well, it. Destrain it, unstrain it. I don't know. <laughs> to look that up. Well, I'd rather do that than strain my my brain. And and either one, you know, I'm I'm stressing it out, or two, I'm putting it through like a colander, and that's kind of a weird sort of coming off the tails of Halloween thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of words and language. So For fun. Sure. Um, I, I, I've, I've done this thing, and, and maybe if if you uh, if you ask nicely, I, I, this is not probably ever going on the podcast but one of the things that that, uh uh, i've done a couple of times and andrea's purposely recorded me like where i'll start i'll have a couple beers and i'll I'll smoke a bowl and then like she'll start recording me Mm -hmm. and it makes no sense but like the weird connections (laughs) i'm making (laughs) weird connections i'm making like and then you watch it back the next day and you're like that sounded that sounded really smart at the time (laughs) You're like, and now I just make no sense. <laughs> well, what's cool? Well, okay. So they talk about um, uh, how how weed makes you more creative, and I don't know if I really quite agree with that. But I, what I think it does do is that it absolutely um, removes your like, oh, this is crap. I shouldn't write this, or this is crap. I shouldn't play this, or this is crap. I shouldn't say this. Like just it allows that you extra to, judgment, it allows you to get into that flow state. Yeah, you don't have your internal your editor. You don't have your internal yeah. editor telling you that not to say that or write that or play that or, or paint that or whatever. Um, doesn't mean what you make is going to be good, but it means you're less critical of yourself as you're creating the thing. I, I think that's a, a curious thing. I don't know, you know, um, and I think other things can get you that, but I think going back to the meditation thing, um, there is a, uh, if you can get out of your own way and let yourself you know, be in that, in that flow state. Yeah. It's that flow state we're always chasing for, you know, like. And you I'm, do that I'm, with dancing too, right? Like you kind of gotten into some of the huh. dancing side, you know, like um, me bit. dancing when I'm in my flow fun. state is yeah. very fun and silly, but me when I'm try, actually learning how to dance, I'm very conscious. I'm, there's nothing flowy about that. Okay. All right. All right. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, um, you know, we all have those things that we really, really enjoy, but we're just not that good at. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you just love it so much. Like for me, that's dancing. That's cool. Like, and, and I don't you've hung out with like some like deep b-boy teams and b- oh, you know, like, and you yeah. know what's crazy? Like I, some of my friends are like the best dancers in the world. So I'm like trying to <laughs> trying to keep up with people up. who have basically done as much with dancing as you've done with fighting. Yeah, <laughs> but trying to soak up some of their awesomeness. I'm like maybe if I hang out with them, some of their skills will just yeah. rub off a little bit. I'll pick up one or two moves. <laughs> you know, like no, but yeah, it's it's super awesome. Just another way to physically, you know, express yourself. Uh, I know your time is is super limited. Is there anything you would uh, be down to share with us? Either a poem or anything you want to make sure you say before we uh, split out and uh, kind of leave you to your journey to your next conquest, if you will. Um, I could, I could read a poem. I'm put, totally putting you on the spot. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, well, I haven't done any live poetry for a while, you know, with no open mic nights and stuff. So yeah, I and this is forever. You know, people can download this 30 years from now. I don't know if they'll pay attention to this podcast 30 <laughs> years from now, but 
Um, I miss fighting. So here's one called Forever Fighting. A fighter will always want to fight. She fights for wrongs and fights for rights. A fighter fights to fight. She fights the hurt, even if it hurts to fight. She fights to hurt, even if it hurts the fight. And she fights through hurt, even if the fight hurts her. Surely, she cries tears from her eyes, purely, when real fears realize reality. The fight inside never dies. She was born, adorned, with the right to fight. She can't even help it. She needs help helping herself. Her fighting is so selfish, selflessly lending her mind and body, rebellious to preservation, with few reservations or little consideration for harsh realness of aging. No, no amount of persuading or explaining can tame the raging inside that entices the fighter's craving to fight. And despite body being nail-like, the mind remains a hammer. Enamored by the violence that silences the clamors, having her stand still when all she needs is to move freely while healing the damage to her innocence. In a sense, the sensitivity breeds intense benefits until it hits too close to home, charging well-being for rent. But a fighter will still fight to make a means to an end until it's ended, rendered defenseless. Resentment, contempt, but still fighting inside. A fighter will always want to fight. And that's it. <laughs> that's dope. That's 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 cool. Like, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing the, the I think the deaf person thing. If you're if you can't you can hear it, like I'm. No, this is perfect for listeners, by the way. It's an audio podcast, and I'm like shaking my hand up and down like they. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay how, how messed up is that i'm i'm blind this is an audio only show and i'm but doing hand doing gestures i'm doing hand, hand gestures <laughs> wrong sense wrong sense <laughs> yeah. people confuse those sometimes actually it is it, senses are confusing <laughs> words are confusing <laughs> um, that that's cool though i i, I uh and that is one of the things that I absolutely love about your poetry is your ability to kind of play off the the double meanings and the different ways in which you can say the same two words or three words with a different emphasis and yeah. it dramatically changes the meaning or the, the subtlety. Definitely. And then the, you know, again, the poem, it just like, you know, it's, it's a poem about how fighting parallels life. You know, it's in, it's looped, it's weaved in and out of, life and the ring and we just kind of float and drift back and forth you know between the two hey tiffany thank you for for coming on and like i was glad to have the excuse to talk to you for a minute and man it's always super good to hang out and talk <laughs> with you thank you uh and you know like of clearly um, I, I, hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, you're a fascinating person and want kind of learn a little bit more about you. So, well, um, you. I was, I was told to say hi from, from Andrea and, uh, hi, you know, Andrea, please, yeah, please give Andrea my best. Yeah, She's so lovely. We'll, we'll do. And then of course, uh, all of my, uh, my friends from Texas, uh, you know, Beverly and her husband, Clay, uh, say howdy. what's up yeah. howdy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> to the Texans. <laughs> So like, so Beverly, if you're listening, you know, she's saying hi back. There you go. <laughs> Rock on. Hey, well, uh, unless there's any, uh, speak or for peace and then we'll, uh, we'll say adieu. Uh, I don't even know if that's how you say that. Right. I think but, so. Okay. But yeah, just, uh, everybody uh, keep loving your hearts, keep loving your hearts, be nice to each other. That's about it. <laughs> Anything you want to plug? Actually, I totally because I want to be the 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 at least mindful of any kind of like people want to follow you on Instagram or you get your book. Obviously, that people can still get or any kind of fights or whatever coming up. Or... Um. Yeah. Just you know, there's not really much going on as far as things. I'm 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 creating content. I've been planted underground. You know, I've been been doing other things. Got some some fresh new stuff on the way. So just keep your eyes and ears um, on the space that is at Tiffany time bomb and just see, see what's going through my mind. Cause sometimes it ends up on my page. 
That's cool. The honesty is, is most certainly appreciated. And, uh, Oh, and training stuff too. I need to post more training stuff because nice. apparently people like that. <laughs> so. Well, you know, you, you hit hard, you hit with, with, uh, with smoothness. So yeah, apparently people like to watch it. So got to give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And, and speaking of that, actually, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in again and hundred percent would love to have an audiobook version of the poetry in motion book. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Thank you so, for that idea. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, like I know tons of people who would be all about that, not just me. Sweet. Uh, Got to cool practice my, my reading skills then. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, hey, uh, for thank you again. And for everyone listening, adventure is a state of mind. How you live it is up to you. Yeah.